the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Laptop Lifestyle Lawyer Podcast. So excited to have you guys here. So I have Jim Hacking and Tyson, is it Mutrix? Mutrix. Mutrix. Fantastic. Heard lots of variations over the years. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I have my first name is Kara. I get Kara. I get I get it all. So and my Vival gets Vavel. So I know. Awesome. So, Jim, I'm going to start with you. Give me uh, your background. Tell the audience where you're from, your trajectory, um, share your journey with us. Everyone finds their story hearing other people's stories. And so tell me how you came about even starting the Maximum Lawyer as well and, and let the people know who you are. Got it. So my name is Jim. I'm an immigration lawyer in St. Louis. I've been practicing law now for 25 years. I'm old. I've been doing immigration. Seasoned. Uh, seasoned yes. <laughs> thank you. I've been uh, doing immigration since 20, 2007. I opened up my own law firm then and sort of farted around trying to do all different kinds of things. My wife is an immigrant. She's originally from Egypt. We met in law school and she was working at the law school. And so we had our insurance paid and our mortgage paid. And then I decided that I really, 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 really wanted to open up my own law firm. She said, I've never heard about this. How, how is this something that you never mentioned? But I had what Michael Gerber calls the entrepreneurial seizure. And I was like, I've got to open my own law firm. And I thought I would do law for immigrants, that I would do car accidents for immigrants, that I would do uh, wills and estates for immigrants. And it became pretty clear quickly that the real need was in immigration. So uh, I had hired a young lady who was originally from Bosnia and she and I sort of taught ourselves immigration law. We grew from the two of us to then we had another attorney and we kept growing. And then eventually my wife actually came and joined the firm um, back in 2016. And that's when things really took off because I am a 10 quick start and a three follow through. So I had all these great ideas and she's a one quick start. And a, and a nine follow through. So she really brought balance to the force, brought balance to the firm. And then we've really taken off since then at the current time we're recording this. We're at about 55 team members. We have nine attorneys offices 
in St. Louis, San Diego, and Washington, D.C. And then Tyson and I, uh, I taught a class at St. Louis University on how to run a law firm. And as I mentioned to him the other day, it was at a time when I was pretty much flat broke. And it was right around that time that I decided to just do immigration and niching down really helped. And so he started Maximum Lawyer because we were having these great conversations after he'd gone out on his own. And we decided to start recording them. And now it's grown into a whole big thing, which I'm sure he'll tell you about. Awesome. Awesome. So Tyson, I'm going to cut, by the way, I got to pin the quick start, nine quick start one. You're going to have to explain more of that because, you know, and I know that's probably something having to do with Maximum Lawyer. And so, yeah, I definitely want you to expand on that. But Tyson, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. My name is Tyson Mutrix. I, I've got a, a quite a bit of a different background than Jim does, Jim. And I think that's part of my story. I've got two parents, neither one of them graduated from high school. And so my background is just different. Right. And so but I did always have that bug, the entrepreneurial bug. And uh, it was a little different. Like Jim, like mine was sort of oozing out of me. Jim's I, I think he kind of concealed it a little bit. But mine was a little bit more oozing out of me. And my my dad, whenever I was you know, out of, out of the house and everything started a very successful business. And, uh, so he, I think he always had that bug too. And I think he kind of passed it on to me, but during law school, I always knew, I I knew from the beginning, I want to start my own firm. So having that in mind, I took a lot of classes like Jim's class, law practice management, and Jim did a very smart thing. He brought people into his class, each, each class to teach something new. And so Jim didn't do all the teaching. He did some of the teaching, but then he brought in experts to, to come in and teach, which I thought was, it was a clever, it was a clever move. And especially knowing in hindsight, what was going on at the time, smart, it was brilliant uh, is, is what it was, but, but I did, I shaped all of my classes around sort of, okay, I want to start my own firm. And then I had worked for a volume injury firm right out of law school. And then about a year later, a little quicker than what I expected, I, I started my my own law firm. And that at the time I was doing criminal defense and personal injury. And we talk about niching down all the time. Uh, I think if I were to go back and do it all over again, I probably would have just start, started with personal injury. But the, the criminal defense allowed me to, to pay the bills. And, and it's really interesting. We started the podcast, I think it was 2015. And it's, Jim is right. We were we were having these conversations all of the time, these really good conversations. And we decided, hey, let's record these things. We had a lot of false starts where we had a lot of episodes that were lost uh, into the ether that were never recorded because we forgot to hit the record button. But uh, <laughs> we, we've, we've sort of had a few times. Yep. So, we, but we've never, we've not missed an episode. And since we started uh, every single week, we've put out a podcast and that consistency has been, been pretty important. To, to the growth of, of Maximum Lawyer, the the guild, the conference and everything else. But uh, but sort of back to my story, I, like right now we've got, I think we're at 28 team members uh, when it comes to our injury firm. It's grown quite a bit. I, I, in between there, I had a partnership that did not work out. It lasted 18 months. But honestly, I think that that allowing that reset, allowing you to push that reset button and rebuild everything was actually great for, for me and my firm. But I've grown more over the last four years than I grew in the previous eight years combined. So it's been pretty good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you don't start from scratch, you start from experience. So of course you add that to the mix, then it's when you're doing the do-over or, you know, the picking up from where you left off, there's so much already added value from the previous experience. So of course, so talk to me, um, I'm going to jump back to you, um, Jim, about this nine star, 10 star, because 
<laughs> I sure. says, what? what is he talking about? Talk to yeah. us about that. So for three years, I was in something called Strategic Coach, which is run by a fellow named Dan Sullivan up in Chicago and Toronto. And uh, one of the things they have you do early on in the process is they ask you to take what's called the Colby Index. It's K-O-L-B-E Index. And it rates you on four things, fact finder, follow through, quick start and implementer. So, and the funny thing is, is when you receive your Colby score, everybody, no matter how different they are, they always get, that always leads off with, you're perfect just the way you are. And <laughs> so, but once you get into the details, it sort of scales you on those things. And, and a one isn't bad, a 10 isn't good. It's just where you fall on the scale. So Fact finders, you know, we have a lot of lawyers and paralegals in our office who are very high fact finders, very high follow throughs, as you might imagine. A quick start is sort of how eager or interested you are in starting new things. And so I am a 10 quick start, which is actually sort of rare. My wife is a one quick start, which is also sort of rare. But at our office, we have everybody take it. And it's laminated and it's on the door to your office. So when someone's going in to talk to Amani, my wife, and when they want to talk to her about something, they know or they're reminded as they walk through the doorway that she's going to want a lot of facts. And with when they come in to see me, they know that I'm going to have like 12 ideas. I'm going to think all of them are great and that they're going to have to ask me for deadlines, ask me for how to prioritize, ask me those kinds of things. So the nice thing about the Colby Index and it costs like 50 bucks to do. The nice thing about it is that it gives everybody a language to talk about how they are and you are without there being any kind of like blame. Oh, well, of course you would want me to write out more about that thing because you're a high fact finder. And the funny thing is, is that we realized with Amani, especially she's such a high fact finder that she works really well with quick starts because once she's done her finding of facts and made her decision, she just wants a quick start to go implement it, which is why she and I worked well together and why her favorite team members that she's worked with over time have been uh, quick starts. Her, the worst time she ever had was she actually had a a 10 fact finder working for, and all they did was fight because Amani had already decided what she wanted. And the other person wanted to go do her own thinking through of everything. So it's, it's a really nice little tool. That's amazing. And I think like every entity should have something like that. So, you know, who you're walking into. I mean, I've done the strength finder yeah. testing and those kinds of things, understanding where your strengths are and operating out of that and delegating the rest. So I know of that method, but uh, the Kobe method sounds like it, it would just change the game for so many companies because it's like, Instead of having this assistant who just is not meshing with you, you know, just switch, <laughs> go, go get the other person who's who matches you. And isn't that in everything, you know, in, in marriages and all types of finding out what relationship really works, because ultimately your work stems from the relationships that you're you're operating out of as well, even within the confines of, of, of the job. So that's, that's very interesting. And I, I'm definitely going to, um, to share the link to this Kobe test because, it, you know, I think there's a lot of value there. And so Tyson, I'm going to swing back to you. So you said that you went in a year after graduating, you decided to start your firm and did you start the partnership right then and there, or that was just you in the beginning? No, that was just me in the beginning. I, it was me. And I think I went about six months and I think I fired, I hired my first part-time employee and kind of didn't, I made so many errors whenever it came to hiring at that point, but no, it was just me. And the, the partnership didn't come about until 
2017. So it was 2017 is whenever that came about. And then it ended in August of 2018. So very quick. Okay. And it was there a reason why? Because I've had, you know, I've been doing this for 14 years. I've had multiple offers of partnership and I'm just so afraid of those. <laughs> it's just like, I, you know, I'm so me and how I do what I do. I'm, I inject Kara 100%. And that's even one of the, um, ways that I encourage people to get into the laptop lifestyle lawyer type, you know, you know, delivery of legal services is you can just do it your way. You don't have to try to be like, you know, like Jim or, or Tyson, just do your thing, figure out the unique things about you, the unique characteristics that would make you, you and come out and bring that into the marketplace in the form of legal services. So how did you get pulled into that? So I, I think it's interesting. I don't think anyone's asked me that question, but the, the, I think the main, what it really comes down to is the differences in vision, I think is what it was. And, and I think that going in, we probably, we thought we had the same vision. We, we even sat down, we came up with the core values. It was funny. We started with core values and then we never made, we never advanced to like getting our mission and our vision and all that laid out. We never did. But I think ultimately that's what it was. It's just a difference in vision for the future. And I'd say for those 18 months, it's one of the most stressed I've ever been. It really was. And I'm sure he was the same way where we felt like we were working for each other. And I remember the day that we made the decision to end it. It was it was funny, like we were financially really well off. It was working really well financially for the two of us. And that was what was really bizarre, for, I think, for a lot of people to understand is that, well, it was it was you were making money. So what? Why? Why did you all split up? It's just a difference in vision. And the day that we split up, I remember coming home and telling my wife, Amy, about it. And we said that it was date night. And so we, we went to date night. I told her I hadn't told her uh, on the way home. So I, I told her and she was like, she was frozen. I was like, honestly, I feel great. You're like, like, I know I'm frozen, too. <laughs> was, I, I told her, I was like, I feel great. Like I said, uh, it's this is actually going to work out well for both of us. And so it was and we, the paperwork was all signed and we split in a, in a week, right? It was quick. I mean, it was like a boom, done. We're moving on with our lives. And so both of us have the same, or at the time, I don't know if, if he still used them. We used, had the same coach, executive coach, Jason Selk. And it's, he's really solution focused. And I think we were both solution focused. Hey, all right, moving on. Let's, let's get on to the next, to the next chapter. And it was a net positive, I think, for both of us. That's wonderful. Okay. So, uh, so you got tempted because you thought the visions were the same. I have never been able to connect with someone that I feel has the same vision as I do. So maybe that's why. Now, let me ask you guys. So you decided to start your podcast with Maximum Lawyer and it was through the conversations, et cetera. And how did the conferences come about? What, because, and, and I kind of also want you to touch on the coaching aspect, Tyson, because I'm, you know, that's what you guys provide is support and coaching and that kind of, uh, you know, an environment for people to be able to come in and use your experience and wherewithal and, and coaching to grow, right? And it, how important that is, right? To have someone who can be outside of your entity and, and, and give you feedback and give you shortcuts and nuggets and, and things of that nature. And so talk to me about that. The podcast, of course, being where it started, but how you guys develop the programs and the conferences, et cetera, that you have and what that does for um, attorneys. Well, 
So I think you have to go through the full story, right? And and if you think about the way you run your firms, you usually are offering something that your clients want, right? That's what you're, 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 you're shaping your services around sort of what the clients want. And I'm really curious to see what, what Jim says after what I say, but that's kind of the way the podcast developed. So we went from the podcast and then we, we started a Facebook group because we wanted a place to meet with all the, all the listeners, right? Because we knew people were listening, but we wanted a place to meet them. That was Facebook. We had a Facebook group. And then after that, we're like, hey, let's meet these people in person, right? And because people were talking about, hey, we should do a meetup somewhere. So we said, hey, let's, a con- let's have a conference. So it's, then we had a conference. So we started the conference. And then as it, it, as it sort of snowballed, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. We said, hey, let's have this high, higher level conversation where we kind of, we talk about the business side of things. And I'd say that our view on coaching is a little bit different than what a lot of people, a lot of people think of a coach as, hey, you go and you get one person, that person is this guru that tells you everything. We don't really believe that. Like, I, at least I don't personally believe that. I don't think that there's really a guru that can lead you to the promised land. And that's why the Guild is so great. Jim came up with the name Guild. Uh, he came up with the name Max Blur too. He's he's good at generating names. He's great at it. <laughs> so, but the Guild, what's great about the Guild is you have all these. I'm re- guessing is the ten start. You know, with the yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's that's where that comes from. <laughs> yeah, but but the but the Guild is is a we have a lot of talented people that are willing to share. There are a lot of givers, right? A lot of givers that are willing to give more than they receive. And so it's that it's that rising tides. Raise all bows, kind of a kind of a mindset, and it's it's great. And so, to answer your question, it's sort of developed based upon people's needs. Like, what do people want? And as things have advanced, and there's just something that Jim and I are doing in December, where we're just going to meet with a limited number of guild members, and we're going to dig in for three days. And that has come about based upon the needs of our guild members. And so, each time we've had a new iteration, it's based upon the needs of our listeners, of our members. And that that's where these these ideas come about. It's 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 and so we and if if people say, hey, we don't want the guild anymore, we, we'll get rid of the guild. That's what it'll be. But um, I don't think that that'll happen. Right, right. Yeah. So, Jim, do you want to throw in some on that? Yeah. So I think Tyson and I tapped into something, and thank God for the internet because it wouldn't have happened otherwise. And that is that I think owning a law firm can be lonely. And I say it all the time. Other than raising kids, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. So. You know, and and when you own the law firm, it's different than being an employee of the law firm. And so even though you might work with 20 people, there are certain conversations that you can't have with them. And what we did is we tapped into a space that was growth mindset and positive and supportive, as Tyson said, and that really allowed for connection around mutual goals. Like we had great fun kicking out assholes, people that were not a good fit, that were negative and sour. And, and, and it's amazing. You can actually see people holding themselves back. Right. And so all of what we're trying to do is to unlock that greatness that people have inside themselves. And we do that in big ways and small ways. Our first conference, our second conference, all of our conferences have had lots of members of the of the big group or the guild up on stage. We gave them a platform. We gave them a way to connect. And we we built this community. And when I was hearing Tyson explain it, it just struck me how organic it's been to bring together people who like being a lawyer and, or who like running a law firm. And yeah, there's hurdles. Yeah, there's things to overcome. But at the end of the day, they're still generally happy, positive people. And it's so big that, you know, you mentioned mindset because that's the game changer, isn't it, for pretty much 
how any of this stuff pans out for you, right? Because if the mindset is focused on problems and, 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 you know, being buried in problems and being buried with your clients' cases instead of serving and instead of solution. It's just a, sh- a quick little shift. It's not a big, you know, major overhaul. It's just looking at it from, you know, I get to do this versus I have to do this. It's just language, right? The Zapathon is back. If you're new around here, the Zapathon is the OG automation workshop. At this next exclusive guild event, we're partnering up with Maximum Lawyer's good friend, Kelsey Bratcher, to bring you a day and a half automation workshop. The idea of automation is simple, right? Identify a repeatable pattern of tasks and then use technology so that business process can happen without you. But setting up that technology can be daunting, time consuming, and even have a steep learning curve. Join us in person and you'll create automations on site that will start working for you before you even leave Austin. Join the guild today and grab your ticket at maxlawevents.com. Talk about what impact you've seen this maximum lawyer have on the guild members and, you know, what is the change that it's causing or how is it propelling? Because, you know, Tyson, you were talking about um, how Jim had the law practice management course and all of that, that he was teaching. Well, most law schools don't offer that. Most law schools do not offer any kind of how to start your own shop type of thing. It's go to, uh, you know, get the research thing done, get a job at a law firm and hope to make partner or, you know, there's no real tools. I went to law school for the three years and I looked for the class and I never got it. I never found a way. And that's why I created you know, leap into your lifestyle. It was a way for me to help attorneys just do what I did because I set up shop straight, you know, out of law school. I was only working nine months with this attorney and I started my firm and I did it virtual straight out because I didn't have the, um, I didn't have the funds to do the big office and the rent. And, you know, it was very unconventional. COVID made everything that I've done, you know, look like if this is the way to do it, but back then, 14 years ago, you know, lawyers were looking at me like, are you really a lawyer doing it this way? So talk about that because the listeners that we have here, they, many of them have virtual firms. Many of them are wanting to grow, but uh, you know, what does that look like? What does growth look like? What impact have you seen Maximum Lawyer have on your members? Talk about that. So there's a lot wrapped up in so There's loaded yeah, questions. Yeah. Is, is the, my questions are always that way. And it's like, good luck. Yeah. Well, well, just to answer your question directly, like we've seen a massive amount of growth from Guild members. It, it, it's the coolest thing to watch, seeing them go from really struggling and crying to like excelling and making seven figures. Like that's, it's amazing to watch. But I want to go back to your first, the very first point. And it's about the mindset. Yes, it is simple. It is very simple, right? It is, it is actually kind of like flipping on a switch. But um, it, it's, there's the whole idea of like mood follows action, right? You've got to take the action. But some of the mindset problems are deeply ingrained in people. They're deeply, deeply ingrained. You're, you're talking about reversing several decades of a mindset. And so it is, we can say it's simple, like flipping on a switch, but getting it's like a switch that you're like, (laughs) trying to push that switch up takes a while. It's rusty. Yeah. It's, it's like if you, if you didn't work out for 30 years and all of a sudden you start to work out, you've got to, you've got to go slowly with it. And so, um, and the same thing with mindset, mindset is the exact same way. You got to be very, 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 very deliberate about what you're doing and 
once you get there, the mood follows action and, and, and you start to get some momentum and things start to pick up. And we see that with guild members. It's really funny. So you you'll have people listen to the podcast and they'll talk to us or they'll join the guild and they're like, they're like, this is so different than anything else I've ever been in, because there's a lot of other, there's a lot of groups out there. Right. You name them. You can throw a rock and hit a dozen different groups that are, that tell people how to run a law firm, but they've never done it before. Right. But what's great about the guild is it's people that are in the trenches, right. That are doing it, but they also have a very positive mindset and they say, Hey, like, and, and not every day is great. Like the, not every day is great. So you have people that will come to the guild and they'll post, Oh my gosh, I've had a really bad day. And then people jump in, be very supportive, but Hey, now let's take the steps to correct whatever, whatever the issue is. And they here, here's how you fix it. Right. Um, and it could be as simple as, Hey, Google shut down my Google, my business page. Boom, contact this person. They'll get you set up right away. You'll be done in 12 hours, yada, yada, whatever it may be. But that is the that is the environment that that's inside the guild. And so and what I hear, excuse, I'm just going to interject, is that the assholes that Jim kicked out didn't have that vulnerable space that they would access because the holdback or the, you know, it's not really embracing the fact that we all have shitty days and it's it's part of the process. And let's talk about it and not let's not act like and we always have it all together because we don't. Right. And so there is no there is no holding back in that space. Totally true. So true. And honestly, the cult, that that uh, curating starts early like that was very early on. Jim was right about that. Like we were very deliberate about who was allowed in and who was not allowed in. And if you were a jerk, guess what? You're gone. And like you didn't get a second chance. Right. You don't get a second. You're gone. Like you, once you show us who you are, you're gone. We uh, believe you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we believe you. And bye bye. So that, that's 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 the, the approach we're taking. But yeah. And because of that, there was a it's funny. Uh, I will say this. So, Jim, um, early on, I don't know if Jim remembers this. Jim flipped the switch on on Maximum Lawyer and it was a closed group initially. And then he opened it up yeah. and people went nuts. And then so we like within an hour, we like shut it back down. We're like, OK, we won't do it again. Sorry. But people were very protective of the community and they still are having that community, having that closed space to be able to be open about things. Super, super important. That's awesome. Go ahead, Jim. You add on. I think another thing that sort of makes our group different is that Tyson and I lead by example by not being afraid to be vulnerable. Like we talk about the really hard stuff. Like some of our best episodes are where I'm just sort of ranting about something that either is making me mad or that I'm struggling with. And I think it's really bled into the group because like about two months ago, a month and a half ago, one of our guild members who we hadn't seen in a while sent me an, a long email talking about all these struggles that they were having. And I, I anonymized it and read it to the guild. We do Tyson. And I do a call every Saturday morning um, at eight in the morning and I, we just riff on stuff. And I read that, letter anonymously and the guild members like rose up in unison and just were like that was me people shot videos that was me I, i've been there i that exact thing happened to me don't feel isolated keep coming back my son calls this aa for lawyers and i think that in, <laughs> in a lot of ways i've been in 12-step program for a long time so in a lot of ways i think there's some truth to that i love it aa for lawyers don't we need a place where we can just Come in and say, you know, my name is and I am uh, <laughs> right. Yep. I am a lawyer. And so 
with regards to like the conferences, is it, is it just seminar style? Is it coaching style? Is it, you know, these are the things you need to go do. And then, you know, you could, you could see results from there. Talk more a little, uh, you know, about that and, and the guild and all of these programs, what do they entail? So the, the easy thing is the Facebook group. So there's a Facebook group, there's like 6,000 law firm owners in there. And, and that's just people, they're trading information all day long. And we recreated the guild because we weren't being able to hear or have, you know, more in-depth discussion. So we created the guild. And so that's a different Facebook group and that's a paid group. And then we do a quarterly mastermind. So once a quarter, we pick a cool city that Tyson and I want to go visit and we say, we're going to have the Matt Tyson loves um, Scottsdale, Arizona. So every January we're in Scottsdale, we're going to be in Scottsdale and bring us, you know, whoever wants to come 30, 40 people want to come. You're in a hot seat in a room with other people all day. And then we do that for two days. And then uh, now we have some training that goes along with it. And then um, like Tyson said, in December, we're going to try something even more different with just like three or four law firm owners. And we just work on their stuff for three full days. And then the conference, um, we actually didn't do a conference. Well, we did do a conference this, we're not doing a conference this year, but we, we may be bringing it back next year, but the conference is yeah. Seminar style people, we had guest speakers, we had paid speakers, we had all kinds of stuff. So it was, it was great. Wonderful. And you have one coming up, you said in Miami. Yeah, that'll be in October. In October. So you have to give me that information so I can share it as well. For the awesome. Yeah, we're in Austin. We're doing an automation um, workshop in Austin in April. And then we're in Boulder, Colorado in the summer, in July. And then in October, we'll be in Miami. Awesome. Awesome. So I will share all of that for our listeners and whoever's interested. And so that they can follow you guys as well. You're on Facebook. You're on you're on Instagram as well. The Maximum Lawyer. Yep. We are. Okay. Yeah. So it's funny. You, know, you asked, Jim had to think about, it, I think, cause we, we don't touch any of that stuff. That's all done for us. So we, it's all just kind of pushed out to the world. Jim is like, do we have that? <laughs> I, I've seen myself on our Instagram feed. So then I knew that we had one. Okay. Awesome. So my question for you and really it's, um, you know, so, so whoever's listening and where they are in their trajectory, if you could speak to your beginner self, right? Um, starting your firm and I will take turns to start digging into your, your um, thoughts on that. And yeah, you have your firm set up, you're starting to get your clients and growing the best you know how to. If you had to share three growth tips to go from starter beginner to next level, whatever next level looked like for you when you were doing it, share that. Go fast go fast, um, hire for your weaknesses, hire the people that help fill you out and then create video and repurpose it. Those are my three. I love it. So I would, I would, uh, my, it's funny. I, I was wondering if you and I were gonna have the exact same ones. It's really interesting too. Um, I want to point this out, Jim, Jim and I were talking about this before. Like I am very forward thinking. Jim is very backward thinking in a positive way. He can, he can go back and reflect I sort of just shut all that shit down. I just don't even, I just go, I'm for very forward thinking. So I did have to really kind of force myself to think about this, but I think it really is. You, you go fast, you, you go fast because you're, you, many times people don't go fast out of fear. So you got to shut that fear down. You just got to go fast. You got to trust that it's going to work. So I would say go fast. I would, I would definitely echo that. I was going to say my first one was actually going to be higher. So go, part of going faster is continue to hire. Don't stop hiring. 
always be hiring. I think, cause that's going to allow you to go super, super fast. And then whether I'm going to change a little bit what, what Jim said, I'm going to say, just continue to market. Like don't, don't let that stop because where people plateau is they, we were talking about this with a guild member just two days ago. What happens is, is that you market a lot at the very, very beginning. And so you start to get a lot of momentum with cases. Then you start to work on all those cases and then you get stuck, right? You just get stuck and then you stop marketing and then you have what we call the dip. And so that's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid that. And so you got to continue to market and hire, market and hire, market and hire, market and hire. That's going to allow you to go fast. Awesome. And I definitely want you to expound on that fear because that is what stops most people from even taking the leap. And I talk about it because, you know, I always, um, I heard many moons ago that fear is false evidence appearing real, but that evidence, that false evidence is so real, right? And you think you're going to fail. You think you're going to hire this person and you're going to go broke because of it. You think so many different thoughts, right? How do you, and then obviously that ties into mindset, right? It's this whole believe you can type thing, but how do you deal with that? And how did you deal with that? Because many of our listeners um, had to overcome fear many times over in order to even be, uh, you know, on their own. And you've had to do that, um, I'm sure. And so, although you had, you did have the burning desire from day one. So I don't know if you experienced that, but can you expand on that? Yeah. I mean, we talk about vision, but it's really, you, you got to know what you want. Like you really got to know what you want. Like, do I want to work for this guy who's a real prick and that has me work until eight o'clock every night. And then I don't see my kids and my wife. Do I want that? Or would I rather do all that work on trying to generate business and working on my own and trying to build my own thing? Like, do I, which of those do I want? Right. Cause that's usually what the, the choice is. That was my choice. That was really what it was. Do I want to sort of build my own thing? Do I want to put all those hours in really building my thing as opposed to someone else's thing? So you got to figure out what you want. Like, what do you want? And continue to ask yourself that question. Well, what do I, what do I really want? No, no, no. Actually, what do I really, really want? And figure that out. Once you figure that out, a lot of the stuff becomes easy. Like once you actually know, yes, I do want to start my own farm. Okay. How do I get business? Let's like, you got to be proactive. And some of that fear might come from people that they start their firm and then they don't do anything. Like the worst thing you can do whenever you start your own firm is not do anything. Like you've got to be proactive. So I guess to answer your question, how did I get past it? I did know what I wanted. And then I was, I was very proactive about it. I was meeting with people all the time. I was really shaping every, all of my activities around growing my business is what it was. And Jim was the same way. Like he, he was one of the early adopters when it came to video. Like that's how, and I don't want to speak for Jim, but that's how he did it. He knew what he wanted and he recorded a bunch of video to get him to that point. But you got, you just got to, it's, I think it starts with knowing what you want. It's, I think it really is that simple. Jim, can you touch on that? I think most law firm owners being high fact finders are very loath to give up control. And the reason that they don't want to give up control is because they are afraid of mistakes and they're convinced that only they can do 98% of the things that have to happen in the law firm. And so they keep from growing because they're too scared to give up control. And 
And and mostly because they, oh my God, we can't have a mistake. A mistake would be the worst thing ever. I became a lawyer to try to punish people for their mistakes and to prevent them from making mistakes. And so they get all wrapped up in this control, control, control. And man, I can hear it a mile away. I can hear it a mile away when someone's a a control bullshitter where they say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to delegate. But as soon as they have the opportunity, they take it all back and then they get small again. And so I think the biggest hindrance to growth and to delegation is this reluctance to allow people to make mistakes, which of course you can just use to improve your systems. So you never had any holdback on hiring and just getting people involved and, and, and. I knew very early that there was a lot of stuff about being a lawyer or running a law firm that I didn't like to do and that I wasn't very good at. So when I said earlier about hiring for your weaknesses, hiring for the stuff that you don't want to do or that you're not good at. I mean, that was my whole thing. So you, a law firm owner can't do everything. So find out what your strengths are, find out what you like, do more of that. And then let other people do the stuff that they like. Like I hated sending out bills. I would finish a case and people hadn't finished paying us. And I just didn't like the invoicing. I didn't like looking at the numbers. And I hired someone who came back later and told me, I found my purpose in life, chasing people down for money that they owe you, right? So that's just not my bag. And there's people out there who do those things that you don't want to do. Yes. And I absolutely love that you're saying that because ultimately I think that that's what unlocked a lot for me. It was doing that strength finder test, really focusing on my strengths and you know, just maximizing the output in that space and understanding that if somebody can do it, you know, 85% as good as I can do it, then I've hit a home run and keeping them, you know, happy also, because people only give their 85% as good as what you would do if they're happy to be there and if they're supported. And so, and I know that you talked about at the beginning having those posters on the door, really recognizing people for their strengths, really recognizing people for their better space, I guess, to work from. So can you add to that and how that has changed the game for you in the hiring space? Because I think that, um, you know, being able to find the right fit, it's a skill. It really is. Because especially if you're you're inundated with work and you're just desperate to find help. Sometimes kissing a lot of frogs is part of the process. Do you have a streamlined process to identify your right, you know, your right support team? Every year, the 30 teams in the NFL spend millions of dollars researching collegiate athletes. They do all kinds of testing and they have the combine and they, and my New York jets, thought that they had found their answer in Zach Wilson, and he's been a complete and utter bust. So I believe in the value of testing. I believe in the value of inquiring and doing your due diligence. But I honestly believe that at the end of the day, you get lucky. You get lucky. You don't know. You you can't really test for hustle. You can look for it in an experience. But I think, again, I see people hire one person it doesn't work out. And they say, oh, that's never going to work. And they don't try again. You just have to keep trying. And like Tyson said, one of the great benefits of hiring all the time is that you can find people. I I honestly think that if you're thinking about hiring a person, you hire two because probably only one of them is going to work out. Tyson, (laughs) you're shaking your head. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, it's especially the last thing that Jim said, you want to 
Higher slow fire fast. That that is there for a reason because you are gonna get it wrong. Like we have a of, of all the lawyers that I know, I may have the most intense hiring process, right? But there are times that we have gotten it wrong, right? We put through people, people through a ton of assessments and a ton of tests and through the interview after interview. And most of the time we do get it right, but we do get it wrong from time to time. And just because we get it wrong doesn't mean that our whole process is jacked up and it, it, or that there's something wrong with us. It's just that people lie. <laughs> that's, that's part of the process too. Like people lie to you, right? They, they will lie to your face. And that's why you've got to have such an intense hiring process. But the point is, is that you're going to make mistakes with this. That doesn't mean you should stop hiring. The, the answer is hiring. You just have got to continue to do it. Awesome. Guys, this was great. I, I, I definitely would love to have another conversation similar to this. Any words of wisdom you want to leave for our listeners? Because, uh, you know, this has been, you've given us quite a bit of golden nuggets, but I'm going to just take turns. Any one golden nugget to leave and then we're going to wrap up. Sure. Yeah. Mine would be to give yourself a break. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't be worried about the mistakes or the things that you wish you'd done differently. You can't look backwards and too many people go into the future, looking behind them. And like Tyson said, you got to be forward focused. And, and as he said, trying to solve problems. It's funny you say that. Um, my first thought was it's going to be okay. It, it's going to be okay. Whatever your situation is, it's going to be okay. And since, since Jim was basically the same thing, I'll say this figure out what you want, like sit, actually sit down and spend as much time as is necessary. So whether that's hours or days or weeks or years, figuring out what you want, actually take the quiet time to figure that out, figure that out. That way in 20 years, you don't have a bunch of regrets that way you, in 20 years, you're not thinking, Oh my gosh, I should have been a, a criminal defense attorney, not a personal injury attorney, right? Actually sit down and do the vision work. And once you've done that, a lot of the other stuff will just fall into place and you, and you won't worry about all the nonsense. I love it. This was awesome. Tyson Mutrix and Jim Hacking with the Maximum Lawyer. Thank you so much for gracing us with your time, with your knowledge, with all of your golden nuggets. We will have the link to your event that's coming up in October out here in Miami. And just give us all your other stuff also, you know, and encouraging everyone to go follow the Maximum Lawyer on all social media platforms and get involved with what they're doing, because that's that's what it's all about. My whole MO is really spreading the word on where the resources are, where the communities are, where we can really, you know, support one another in chasing our individual dreams because, you know, we went there we, to law school, invested the time, paid the money, did all of that. And we want to succeed at what we're doing and we want to serve our clients well and we want to feed our families well and we want to have the lifestyle and we want to, you know, do what we went to school to do and, and successfully carry that out. But like you said in the beginning, Jim, you know, it's very lonely when you don't have community and just hustling and doing this alone and trying to figure it out. So I'm big on getting the support, getting the, the community connection, getting the coaching, getting whatever it is that you need, reading the books, doing the work, and then, you know, really adding value onto yourself so that you can be of better service to the people that you deliver your services to. And so again, gentlemen, thank you for your time. This was awesome. Until next time. Thanks, Kara. Thanks for having us. Appreciate thank it. You. Bye. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, more content. 
go to maximumlawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.